Welcome to another intriguing episode of Speaking Life with Dr. Sabrina. I am your host, Dr. Sabrina Jackson, the people expert. I help people with people, even if that person is themselves, because I say it all the time that we think somebody else needs help, but it's really us standing in the need of some help. And so that's what I do, and I do that in a myriad of ways. I am a clinical therapist by trade. I am a life coach, business coach, a speaking coach, an author, TV, a radio personality, and an actress. Oh, my goodness. I've been in eight movies now. And, of course, I'm the host of Speaking Life. And specifically, we come here every week to speak life to you. The word tells us that life and death Rest in the power of your own tongue. And so we want to give you opportunities to just speak good things to you about you. And so the way that we do that is I have the honor to interview incredible people. I am so fortunate and blessed to know some of the best people walking on the planet, and today is no different. I have a guest who I've known for many, many years, and... I am so impressed by his swag. I am impressed by the command that he has of the English English language and how he speaks and teaches and moves. I am impressed that he's an author of 14 books. I am impressed that he is a preacher like none other. Oh, my goodness. He can weave some words together. What? I'm just saying. And he has a level of swag. You know, that lets you know he is in the building, and it's none other than my brother, the good doctor, Eddie Connor. Welcome. What an honor. What an honor. I, with that introduction, I got to take you everywhere with me. <laughs> well, I had to check know, myself or I wreck myself. Is she talking about me? Yes, I'm talking about you. <laughs> I'm talking about you. What's up, Dr. C? It is an honor, incredible honor. You are uh, the one of God's divas, divinely inspired, victorious, accomplished sisters. You, you wear yeah. your crown. You are you a queen, quintessentially unique, empowering everyone naturally. So, it's only right to be on the show with the voice of choice, and that's you. So, thank you so much. What I tell you, it's gonna be good up in here today. <laughs> good up in here today, because when you are a wordsmither. And you are with a wordsmither. Mm. Oh, that's good. Oh, boy. Cause that's TNT. Because doesn't it, doesn't it, when you hear people that's really good, doesn't it expire, inspire you to, oh, I want to, I got something to say. Without a doubt. I love it. So whenever <laughs> I hear you, because, you know, I love acronyms. I use acronyms all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you use acronyms quite often. That's true. So I love to hear how you weave things together. Because then I go, oh, maybe I could do a twist. A twist on that. <laughs> a twist on that. So you are a speaker, and you um, entitled an empowerment speaker. Yes. And do, is that different than a motivational speaker? Yeah. You know, motivation uh, gets you going. I think determination keeps you going. So I want to empower people to be determined, not just motivated. And then I, I've been watching you, and you are uh, in churches everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you... Preaching. That's right. So that's a little different than just empowerment. That's that's going down deep into the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. That's right. So <laughs> I love it. And and so I I'm excited. So do you um feel like being a speaker first or were you a preacher first? Hmm. That's a great question. Preacher first, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, I never actually wanted to do what I'm doing now. Oh, really? No. no. Why not? I, I wasn't interested in, you know, academia and empowerment and motivational speaking, none of that. Or, you know, I had to get dragged to church uh, eight days a week. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, I, I had a uh, a crisis in my life. 
2023 marks 23 years of me being cancer free. Wow. So this year is is really powerful. Yeah. And yeah, it ain't my Jordan year. It ain't my LeBron year. It's my Psalm 23 year. Come on. Let me tell you something about the number 23. I love this because the number 23 is yeah. very significant in my life as well. Mm. Because I was 23 when I received my master's degree. Wow. And then my son, who happens to turn 30 today, oh, got happy his birthday. master's degree at 23. Unbelievable. So we say it. That's what we do in our house. We just get master's degrees at 23. Mm. So I am so excited about the fact that this is... 23 years. Mm, yeah, yeah. I wrote my first book at 23, graduated from college at 23. So Uh-oh, 23. We, we, we all in it. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. Yeah. It's divinely, you know, we didn't know that we was going to be talking about 23 like this. We, we didn't know. We, we didn't know. know. We didn't know. We just show up and God just said, okay, now, now let me release this for you. Let me give you this. Let me give you that. <laughs> let me give you this. So you were diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. At a tender age. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And right. how old were you? I was 15 at the time. And, uh, you know, just being a regular kid, you know, I loved school. My favorite two classes in school were gym and lunch. Uh, you know, I loved chasing girls in, in, in gym chasing. and eat them and, you know, sit down and eat with them at lunch. You know, he so. said he was chasing girls at 15. <laughs> at 15. Keep it real. Without a doubt. Keep it, keep it real, preacher. Got to keep it real. Keep you it know? real. And so I'm experiencing these chest pains not knowing what's going on. And okay. You know, we don't really give, especially black boys and men, the opportunity to be vulnerable and express any pain. Pain is weakness leaving the body. Stand up, be a man, tough it out. Right. You know, and so I'm, my father's not in my life at the time. My parents are divorced. I'm having chest pains. And I'm like, all right, I'm not telling nobody about nothing. I'm just going to grin and bear it. And um, I'm like, something's going on with you. What's, what's going on? And make a long story short, I'm over at my friend's house watching a football game. Can't breathe by halftime. I'm literally gasping for air, catching every other breath. Uh, his mother has to take me to the hospital. My mother meets me there. It feels like somebody's stabbing me in my heart. Mm. And uh, the doctors do a CT scan of the chest, need to take me to x-ray. They see my cells in my body growing so fast that they take me to surgery that they could see them growing with the naked eye. A tumor was forming around my heart, my trachea, my esophagus, my voice box. And you know, I use my voice for a living. And uh, felt great coming out of surgery. Doctor says, Eddie, uh, hold up, stop the press, wait one minute. Uh, you ain't going nowhere. Forget about going back to school, chasing the girls in gym, and then sit down eating with, eating, eating with them at lunch. Uh, you have what we call uh, NHL. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy now. Right, because that's uh, I'm getting ready to be the youngest owner of the National Hockey League uh, team. Yes, hey. I don't even like the sport. I'm tired of seeing white folks hit something black. Come on. <laughs> and so, with uh, a stick at with that. With a stick okay. at that. And so... Um, he says, no, you have uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I'm like, Doc, my first language is Ebonics. I'm still trying to learn English. What do you mean? He says, you not, you have not one, not two, not three, but four. I'm like, four dollars? He's like, no, stage four cancer. I'm and like, that's a many, death sentence. And how many stages of cancer are there? The highest is four. I thought so. Yeah. Well, so when you too. get a stage four diagnosis, that's serious. Serious. It's been there a minute. Oh, yeah, right. It's been there a minute, and yeah. because we don't know, we, you didn't know that, you know, and you were having chest pains, but at first you was like, well, you know, I'm a boy. Yeah, yeah. I ain't going to really say nothing. I ain't going to say nothing. I'll be all right. I'm going to be all right. Yeah. I, and I want people listening to this, especially if you have young people in your life, don't take their pains for granted. Mm. Don't say things like, because like, I remember um, kids saying, oh, my back hurt. And you ain't got no, you back, you ain't got, <laughs> you only got gristle. Right, right. You don't have no right. pain. You too young. Right. To have, no. That's right. It is very possible that you can be ill. So we have to pay attention and we have to use compassion. Without a doubt. And a lot of times because in the black community, can I just be honest? Come on. In the black community, we are tougher and harsher on each other than mm-hmm. we are on anybody. Oh, yeah. We're supposed to tough it out. We've been through something 
So that don't mean we need to keep going through something. Right. Is, can, can I say that? Just because we've been through something does not mean we have to continue to go through it. I think the word tells us that the poor will always be with us. It didn't say we had to be poor. Mm. Come on, preacher. <laughs> you know, one preacher to right. another. I'm just saying. But, Come on with the fresh revelation. But that is so important. And so yeah. your diagnosis of stage four at 15, what what was your mental, because you know I do mental health, yeah. so what was the, the mental thing for you at 15? What were you thinking? Oh, am I going to live to see my next birthday? I was thinking, you know, uh, am I going to be able just to kick it with the homies and my friends and this, that, and the other? What do I tell people? Right. You know, because now I'm a pariah to them, you know, is this contagious? Uh, how, you know, being treated as if you got modern day leprosy, you know, just just feeling like a, a total anomaly, like you. It, it was an out of body experience. This can't be happening to me. I'm just starting my life. How am I fighting for my life? Mm. You know, that's yeah. good. So what? So then you had to take chemo, chemo and radiation. Yeah. Chemo and radiation. So uh, uh, people may not know the difference because a lot of times when you hear a cancer diagnosis, people just think chemo. Mm-hmm. But radiation is almost it's like laser. Yeah, right. Where they're yeah. burning the the, yeah, the mass, the tumor, yeah, the tumor yeah, yeah. To, to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And then the chemo is the actual medicine that they're putting in in an IV. Without a doubt. To kill the cancerous cells, which kills regular cells as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. It, it kills, it kills it, not just it, the bad it, ones, it, yeah, but the good ones. It kills the good ones, too. That's right. It do. It yep. kills the good ones. That's right. And so I know a, a good friend of mine um, had um, that same type of cancer, mm-hmm. and I went with her to every treatment because her husband, they had three young children, had to work. You know, he couldn't take off work to go he just couldn't. Somebody had to be able to take care of the home and the children. Mm-hmm. So I, because um, I've been in business for myself for a minute, had flexibility in my schedule. And so I went with her to every treatment. And wow. I remember them giving her Benadryl first mm. before they gave her the chemo because the chemo would burn and the chemo helped with the reaction. Mm. The, the Benadryl, you know, helped with the reaction. That I just remember that so vividly, like, we got to get the Benadryl in first. Wow. And then the losing of the hair. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just all of that. And then and then my father, um, God rest his soul, had um, colon cancer. Mm. And I just remember him getting darker. Yep. The chemo made him so dark. He was already, he's already my color. I'm, I'm my daddy color, so... We dark people well, the anyway. Black the berry. The sweet <laughs> juice. But we were, and so to see him get so dark. Yeah. And then the thing that was scary, like my my great um, nephew was a baby at the time, a toddler, and his hands, the front of his hands, his palms were black. Mm. And so to see his, you know, all of that just black was scary. Um. So you went through this chemo. And radiation. And how long? Two years. Two years. Yeah, I lost my hair. Lost your hair. Self-confidence, self-esteem. You know, that's probably why I wear my hair now like it is because... A lot of brothers my 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 Mark, age, age losing they losing, be losing their hair. Their so hair. I'm keeping. Man. I lost mine early, so I, I better floss with it. <laughs> <laughs> so then, what were the things? And I and I and I I have to go here. Yeah. Because you had a praying mama. Without a doubt. Shout out to my mama, Dr. Janice Connor. Dr. Prayer Janice. warrior like none other. Yes, yes, and she's <laughs> so fly and so pretty. Yeah. Oh my goodness, class. Personified. Personified. Look good every time she comes in the building. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what things did your mother say to you to get you through? It's so pr- apropos that your show is called Speaking Life because that's what she did for me. She spoke life into my life when I was thinking death. Mm. You know, I didn't. She made me want to live more than I wanted to live myself. Wow. Without a doubt. 
um, she would tell me, hey, you know, you know, uh, she, Edward, she going to use my government name. Your whole name. Yeah, she gave it to you. <laughs> For sure. So she can get, she, she can, can use she, it. She can use it. She said, you ain't leaving here. You better take off that pity party hat. You know, she Uh-oh. was playing healing scriptures. Yes. Uh, speaking the word over my life. She yes. was making me memorize the word. Come on. To where she said, hey. I can fight for you, but you're gonna have to get you're up and fight for have yourself to fight too. For yourself. That's right. Yes. So I mean, she was healing, praying, prophesying, pleading the blood, feeding me the the right type of foods too, because I had to do yes the spiritual, but also the the, the physical and the practical. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. It's nothing like a mama. Ain't nothing like it. Ain't nothing like, like a mama. It's true. It is nothing like a mother. My mother's gone on to glory now, but mm. I absolutely know that there were so many times that I was in the dumps feeling, you know, beating up on myself. I didn't think that this was going to work. I didn't know if this was going to happen. How? I got this opportunity. I don't know if it's going to work out. She was like, let me tell you something. Mm. I remember I, I, I tell this story often that when um, Wayne T. Jackson started his network, mm-hmm. I was offered a TV show yeah. of my own. But I never did it. Really? And I never did it because I did not want to be fat on TV. And at that time, I was 140 pounds heavier than I am today. Mm. And so I just, every time they would call me and say, well, are you ready to come here? We're going to talk. And I was I'm so busy. Wow. I'm so busy. I'm I'm (laughs) speaking engagements. I'm busy. (laughs) But I was really running Mm. because of what my own stinking thinking was. And so a bishop friend of mine said to me, daughter, when the show coming, I've been telling the people at the church that you're going to have your own show. And I said, Bishop, I I can't do it. Wow. And he says, why? I said, because I don't want to be fat on TV. He says, do you know that God knew the package you were in when he opened the door of opportunity? Mm. There is somebody sitting, waiting for a breakthrough, but they got to see you in that package. Unbelievable. And then my mama, when she heard about it, she just says, oh, so um, so you do realize that that thinking is vanity. Mm. You, you think you're so vain about what you want to be perceived as. If you really want to change it, do something different. Wow. Yeah. That whole, do something different. Mm. If you want something different. You got to do something different. And it starts with what we think. What we think then turns into what we speak. And what we speak turns into what we see. So if you're watching right now and you're looking at your life and you don't like it. Eddie kind of says. You got got the ability to change it. You got the ability to change it. Yes, you do. You got the ability to, to change it. So you get healed. Yeah. So seventeen ish, right? You you cancer free? Did you get to ring the bell? No, they didn't have that. They ain't had no bell for me. They had no bell for you. No bell for me. Oh lord, that sounds like a book. <laughs> <laughs> no bell for me. No bell for me. No. Wow, they ringing bells now though. Yeah, I see it. I see it all the time. Yeah. People ringing ringing the bell. Mm-hmm. So seventeen, you're cancer free. Then then what do you do? I'm in, I remember being in my guidance counselor's office, um, and she told me, she said, Eddie, you're not going to college. Don't think about community college. She, she knew my favorite two classes in school were gym and lunch. She said, my grades were indicative of it. She said, uh, pick up a trade, and um, that really, really got under my skin. Because I'm like, I've already been through cancer. What, what can stop me now? What can, I'm, I'm what can school do? Right. And I'm not going to let, you know, I'm going to use your negative words to, to esteem the power of my dream. And so I wrote an essay to, to EMU, got in on probation. They were really touched by my words. I was, I guess I was tapping into the power of the you pen. You were tapping into the power of the pen then. And I guess I was the kingpin of the ink pen at yes, that time. <laughs> so, yes, yes. Um, they got me in on, on I, was, I was in admitted on academic probation. And what year was that that you got into Eastern? 2000. 
in 2000. Yeah, You're such yeah. a baby. Well, because you know. I graduated from Eastern Michigan. I didn't know you went to my alma mater. Get out of here. It's my alma mater. Well, I guess too. I went to yours. Yes, because I was there. <laughs> I came out of Eastern in 88. Oh, were y'all Hurons or Eagles then? We were Hurons. Ah, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we Eagles now. Now they're the Eagles. Now they fly now. And we, we going Hurons. to the Super Bowl. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I graduated in 88. And all while I was at Eastern, I um, sang in the gospel choir. Mm. And mm. this year is our 50th year anniversary as a gospel choir. So we're having a huge celebration in wow. May of this year. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. I know. 50 years. That's 50 years, and we've had several different um, directors, and the director I was up under was uh, Marvin Miller, an amazing, oh, okay. incredible singer, incredible singer. Mm-hmm. Just He's one of my favorite singers because, you know, how, have you ever seen a singer that sings with their whole body? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they sing with their whole body. You know, he would be moving, and we'd be like, could, "Could you just sit still, sir?" Wow! But he sings with his whole body, and so there's a clip on YouTube of him in his kitchen singing with the late great Rance Allen, mm. and they're singing um, "I Won't Complain." Wow! If you want to go there, look it up. Look it up under. Uh, Marvin Miller and Rance Allen. But it was so good. Mm. I love music. I love I oh, love yeah. I love music. I love gospel music. I, and so that's where you know, I grew up in St. James Baptist Church, so that was music personified mm-hmm. back back in the day. But yeah, when I went to college I sang in the gospel choir. Okay. Traveled, went to Jamaica, just all kind of places. Singing. Wow. And going to school. Getting good grades. Good grades at Easter. Good, good grades at Eastern. Look at you, just just talent all over the place. It, it, and you know what's so crazy? I I I've always been one to really look at the landscape of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I remember being in school and taking classes that were three credits, and you had to take them either three days a week, an hour a day, like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or two days a week, you know, an hour and a half, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, right. But if you took your classes in the evening, you would take the class for one night, four hours, but you would get four credits. That made more sense to me. Mm. So people who were my peers were doing that scattered schedule, and I took my classes in the evening, one class per evening, and always had more credits. So I graduated early. Wow. Look at you. You... you you rigged the system. You. I just learned the system. <laughs> this is the thing about anything, though. If you learn the system, yeah. then you learn how to make it work for you. But if you don't know a system, you can't work it. And so I've never been one to just follow what I see other people doing, like what I saw my peers doing. I studied the system. So when I started looking at when the classes were offered, I was like, well, wait a minute. Why is this same class, but I can get four credits? Well, hold, hold. That don't. I think I like four credits better than three. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And so I was always with older people because I was young, but I was in those evening classes, and then I would work during the day. Mm. So I always had to have a little money. I like a little money. <laughs> I'm a Capricorn. I like a little money. <laughs> Capricorns like money. That's what they say. Capricorns you like said money. said you got to get to the bag. I got to get to the bag. And so my father made me quit a job because mm. he said, I sent you there to go to school. I didn't send you to their work. So if you need something, ask me. I said, okay. I do. I want my own apartment. (laughs) And I got it. I was the only girl. So, you know, that's how that goes. So what I learned, though, as I was reading the notes about you, and, you know, I've known you for quite some time. And I told, I I think I was telling telling somebody, I was telling, I said, Eddie Connor is going to be on my show today. And I tell two stories about Eddie all the time. (laughs) He's laughing because he knows them. One of them, at least. (laughs) He knows one, because I'd say that one all the time. But the first story is I was partnering with the AARP to do an event for um, people over 50 and discussions about sex and dating and things of that nature. And I had a a guest who was going to be on this panel that I was responsible for. And the guest called me and said that he had an opportunity to make some real money. Some money, money. 
and that he couldn't come. Sorry. 15 minutes before we were due to start the event. And so I was like, oh, my God, I need a man on this panel right now. So I called Dr. Eddie Connor, and this is what I said. I said, what are you doing right now? <laughs> and he said, I'm chilling, you know, what, what you need? I said, if you can get over to St. Regis Hotel, mm. I need you to sit on a panel. We're going to talk about dating and blah, blah, blah. And you can bring your books. You can set up a table. You can do whatever you want to do. He said, I'm on my way. AARP of all places. <laughs> AARP. And they loved him. Yeah, they did. Donnie Simpson was there, too. Donnie Simpson was Video there. Video Soul. Yes. <laughs> BT, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's the first story because he came through in a clinch. So there's nothing that Eddie Connor cannot ask me to stop and do that I'm not going to stop and do. I'm, my my mind is swirling now. I I, I mean really because you came <laughs> through and I I am a very loyal person. Hmm. When you're good to me, I'm going to be good to you. I'm good, period. But I'm extra good to those who are good to me. So that's was the first a, it, story. I was humbled to be honored to be asked. By oh my God, so we I'm had grateful. a ball though. Didn't we, we did. have a great we time? We great had great time. great. great Pictures and stuff from it. It was really good. Yeah. So then the second story is my favorite. <laughs> and it's my favorite because too often when we see people doing things that we want to do, we really start a little hateration. And not negative, negative, but negative a little. Mm -hmm. So Eddie was on his way to do the Steve Harvey show. And he was on Instagram um, with pictures of him with his Louis Vuitton luggage. Uh -huh. Louis Vuitton luggage. And he was talking about, you know, he's on his way, you know, to the, to the show. You remember and the luggage. I remember the luggage. <laughs> I remember the luggage. I do. So I immediately start thinking about the fact that I wanted to do Steve Harvey. And so in my head, I was going, well, I want to be on Steve Harvey. How can I be on Steve Harvey? I got a book that, you know, he could have his boys, parents have the book because I wrote a book about raising black men and da -da 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 -da, as a single mother. And then the Holy Spirit like hit me and went, uh, Sabrina, it's not about you. It's about him. Encourage your brother. And I said, uh-uh. Ooh, ooh. I got that one all wrong. Okay, so let me get this right. And I stopped, and I sent him a text, and I'm encouraging him and told him to have a great time and checked myself. Because so sometimes we so busy checking other folk, we don't take time to check ourselves. So I tell the story because I want people to know that even me, I have to check myself. And in that moment, God showed me, uh -uh. bag down, girl. It ain't your moment. Celebrate someone else's moment. And so many people have difficulty doing that. Mm. So mm. thank you for being a part of my lesson. I appreciate the you lesson. celebrating me. The lesson. <laughs> the lesson. So I remember when you did the, because uh, no. you've done, have you done Steve Harvey more than once? No, just that once. Just one that time, once. Right? And you were there like, like dating. Yeah, they had me on he an was, episode he called was dating. Uh, United Dates of America. United Dates yeah, little, of America. All right. Little play on words. And so I was, uh, listed as the most eligible bachelor from Detroit, Michigan. So they brought me on there with a particular young lady and she uh, was quote unquote the date from hell. Yeah, she would, she? yeah she would ask uh, they were playing like a video vignette before they brought me out and she was asking guys on the first date how much cash you got in the bank, what's your credit score? <laughs> 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 Just try to run the numbers up. <laughs> and so, so Steve brought me out. He said, uh, Dr. Eddie, and, you know, she's, you know, screaming and hollering and, you know, she's taking interest in me. And he said, hey, before I send you all on a date, let's all pray. This is, I think this is the first and only time Steve prayed on, <laughs> on TV. And he took all our hands and she was there with her uh, sister-in-law. And, uh, you know, pray that it would all go well. So, you know, we went out and wasn't nothing to it. But, you know, I honored my commitment. Oh, you didn't like her. I mean, you weren't attracted to her. I'm just saying. Was no, she, no, did the, she the, ask the, you the questions about your money and stuff? 
She did not. She did oh, not. Okay. No, we had good conversation. Had good she conversation. was cool. She, she was cool. cool. Okay. We left it right there. Okay, that's no cool. No shade. Let's 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 real Nothing briefly. Nothing but sunlight. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing that I did not know about you before yeah. reading this. Uh, the notes that they gave me about uh, interviewing you is that you were raised in Kingston, Jamaica. Yeah, man, no problem. Real ting. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. I my uh, was there from about age four to six or seven, and my parents were uh, missionaries to the island of Jamaica. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were doing a lot of preaching, evangelizing, stuff like that. And so, you know, as a kid, I'm absorbing the culture. We passing out tracts and ministering to people. And so I think it just kind of gave me a love for people that at a young age, but also was able to see the depravity and the poverty in a third mm-hmm. world country. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also see the, how people are still joyous and jo- jovial. Right. People, some people's feet were their shoes. You know what I'm saying? They still going to walk two, three miles to get to church. We ain't going to drive church. around the block. We not going. Uh, I, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. My fa- my favorite church in LA when I was living in California. was that? Was, um, it was called the One Love Church. Hmm. And you know why I loved it? Because when I drove up, they had valet parking. You kidding me. I, I promise you, I said, <laughs> I said, this is my church home. I'm joining I tonight. Not, I had not even been inside. I said, oh, this is my church. Because <laughs> I, lo- I am a creature of comfort. I oh, am. You and said I the said, spirit bear witness with my oh, spirit. This is my church. I love them. <laughs> they had enough sense to know that somebody needed a valet. Unbelievable. It was lovely. Wow. So do you how often do you get back to Jamaica? Haven't been since twenty nineteen. Okay. Yeah. And that was the last time I there, of course, you know, prior to the pandemic. Had a wonderful time. Isn't it wonderful? It's one of my favorite places. Oh Jamaica just, is one of yeah. my favorite places. I've had some of the best times in my life in Jamaica. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Mm, so I tell yeah. this story, you know, because I am single. All right now. Ready to mingle. <laughs> Let it be known. Just put it out there. Just put it out there. I am single. Uh, but I was in Jamaica, and you know, in Jamaica and in the, in the islands and places like that, they like dark women. Mm. And they like dark, healthy women. Come on now. And so I was not prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for the type of attention that I would get because I didn't get that <laughs> attention at home. And so when I was there, every place I went, everybody, hey, you're such a beautiful black woman. Can I be your friend lady? And I got so tired of hearing that. And so one day I was on the beach and it was guys behind me playing soccer, which they call football over yeah, there. Yeah. And, and so I'm on the beach, I'm laying on, and I'm just sunbathing. And their ball fell on my towel. I took the ball and I held it up like this. And when he came to get it, I didn't even look up. I just says, I know I'm a beautiful black woman. And I am not interested in being your friend. Wow. Take your, take your ball. Take your ball and go home. Uh-huh. And <laughs> he says, lady. But lady. And I looked up. And I promise you. He was the finest man I had ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. I had, oh my God, his teeth looked like they were carved out of pearls. I mean, they were so white and pretty. I was like, oh, oh hold on, wait a minute. Maybe I do need to be your friend. <laughs> had a wonderful time. Getting ready to have a Stella got a groove back moment. I, but see, I always say I've never <laughs> lost my groove. <laughs> I've not, I've not lost it. I, I keep my groove. I'm not Come losing on. it. I'm not losing the groove. I keep the groove. So speaking of grooves, you got books. That is true. Yeah. And one of the books is what's the Queen? Yeah, Dear Queen. Dear Queen. Mm-hmm. And so, what is that book about? Yeah, it's uh, it's a two volume set. Um, volume one was Dear Queen, um, Jewels of Wisdom to Love Yourself and Know Your Worth, and that it it came from me. I used to write love letters to girls in school. Yeah. I slip it. I used to be real shy, so I slip a love letter to a girl's locker anonymously, and word kind of got around that I was the one doing it. And so some of the fellas like, "Yo, man, write write me one for this shorty over here." 
Uh, I'll give you some money or I'll give you some pizza and, and chocolate that milk on Fridays. Mo- that is a movie waiting to happen. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, it just dawned on me years later. I said, hey, if I can write a, a letter of love to a girl, why can't I write a book of love to women? Mm. To appreciate their value, and especially the black woman. So I have volume one. I didn't know that there was a volume Volume two, two right here. Okay. I gotta get uh, how to wear your crown, walk in authority and authenticity. Yeah, yeah, the most neglected, yes. unprotected, and disrespected woman on the planet, as Malcolm X said, is the black woman. It is, and so I think we got to lift them up, celebrate them, and, and and elevate them in any way that we possibly can. Okay. No. And then this latest book. Yes. The mask of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how men can reclaim their identity, lead in love of vulnerability. Yeah. Look at them. We're like, uh, all the women in the room went, uh, we need to make sure every man we know has this book. Because mm-hmm. there is a thing I was talking about, and this is a great segue into what I want to ask you about. And I know that you did not know I was going to ask you, but I just figured since we were who we are, it would be a great conversation to have. One, I want to talk about the fact that uh, Ricky Smiley lost mm-hmm. his son yeah. yesterday. And one of the things that I appreciate about Ricky is that he is vulnerable Mm. and he is honest. So like yesterday when he got the news, he came on and he was extremely befuddled. I mean, you could just tell he's like, I don't know where my keys are. I'm trying to get to the airport because he's trying to get get there. And I think so often men in moments of pain try to suck it in yeah try to act like you know i got to be strong for everybody else but who, who, who when do you and where do you have your moment so what would you say to a man who is dealing with pain and the emotional and sadness and of loss because all of us with the pandemic have really been dealing with so much loss yeah, you know, I, I believe that really as men, we're more like uh, T'Challa than Black Panther. We're more mm-hmm. like uh, a Clark Kent than Superman. We're more like David Banner than the Hulk. Uh, beyond just our our caricature, we really uh, have to tap into the essence of our character. And, and so many times we're wearing the cape that the cape becomes a chokehold. Yeah, so to be able to, to relinquish the cape... To be able to tap into your your identity and your masculinity through the the lens of vulnerability. Vulnerability is not weakness, it's strength. And that's about honoring your humanity. To say, this is is the weak moment that I'm having. It doesn't make me less than a man. It makes me uh, just as much of a man to be able to tap in and say, this is a, a pain point that I really need to talk to somebody about. That I really need to to just sit and rest with and and deal with the emotional aspect because so many times we're emotionally incarcerated uh, and and psychologically stigmatized to where we have to let go of all of the the performative aspect of masculinity and manhood and really just tap it and say, you know, this is what I need to deal with. I need to maybe get counseling, multitude of counselors, there's safety. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, I always I say you can't have Jesus and, and, and a doctor yeah, you, you, you can't have both. Yeah, you can. We're not mutually exclusive. That's right. You just can't have a doctor Sabrina without Jesus. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and no. you don't have to have Jesus without a doctor Sabrina. You can't have both. That's right. Especially mm-hmm. with men. Yeah. And because a lot of times men, I don't, I don't want nobody telling me nothing. Well, how do you get to a space that you've never been? Healthy without assistance because the number one reason why people fail at anything that they do is coachability mm. when you lack the ability to take and implement feedback yep. so oftentimes when we get feedback we don't like we tripping okay. and that's all people we don't why mm. don't tell us nothing especially when we get grown don't get grown and have a a, a degree or two oh my god don't tell oh, me yeah. nothing oh, yeah. don't be don't have some money Money cannot buy everything, and it definitely can't buy mental wellness. Mm-hmm. And all of us have places and spaces right now that we have to really check ourselves 
and 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 so the second discussion is about uh the recent killing the recent because oh, yeah. we we've had so many this recent killing um in Memphis <clears throat> where the five officers that have been um charged and rightfully so um happen to be African American. And so I I've, I've been talking to people and so the one thing that I've been hearing a lot is well they should get off cuz other people get off. That's the first thing. The second thing is well I'm not going to watch the video and I, I I am an advocate for not watching the video. I I think that we have to guard our peace and we have to guard um our spirit. You know, I, I I really try not to go down streets and, and do things to myself that's going to take me off my square and make me messed up because stuff, I'm human and things mess me up. And I know just hearing it messed me up, but I don't, I don't really want to see the video. I don't. But then it also reminds me of the fact of when Emmett Till's mom did what she did because she felt like people need to see so what, you, what, what say you, Dr. C? You think about what took place and for those who did see the images and didn't even even see the images, it's the self-hate that's perpetuated, mm. you know, amongst black people. And even, even is in the, the law enforcement aspect, who are they talking about to profile the most? People right. who look like you and me. Mm-hmm. And so... When you look at all of that and you see the, the self-hate, the, the negativity of what is perpetuated one towards another, you think about George Floyd. You think about this brother both called out for their mother. So these brothers as well, these, these can't even call them brothers, these officers who perpetuated that type of violence against another man. And you saw how they, well, I saw the video, how they beat him mercilessly. Uh, but we can't take we can't exclude the white officer with the taser. Right. You know, so all of them are in the same cesspool and all should get the highest levels of, you know, um, judgment from the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we see this continually going on and, and we keep keep crying out. When is this going to stop? When is this going to stop? Uh, we're, we're dealing with systemic racism is what it is. And then we're dealing with intra-racial racism. Say that again. Yeah. Say that part again, because (laughs) I think that that's one of the things that we really don't Mm -hmm. tap into enough. Yeah. We are racist against each Each other. other. Yeah. We think "Mm -mm, he ain't nothing. He ain't like me. She ain't nothing. She. Yeah. We do that a lot. And I. And I, I very rarely talk about it uh, here, but the fact that I am a darker-hued woman causes me issues. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I was um, working with a local station. I won't say, won't say which one it was, but it was not Fox. Mm-hmm. Fox loves me. I love them. Um, but, and, and they told me when I came on, they says, well, we're going to put together a marketing campaign for your show. And it never happened. We took the pictures. Wow. We did all of the stuff. But they never did it. And the other thing that I noticed is that someone else who was a colleague of mine got a show on the same station. And within two weeks, her billboards and things were and she's on the side of buses and on billboards and she was a lighter hued woman mm. and so I did not think about it at that time I really just thought because she was she happened to be a politician and you know so I said well you know maybe that's it but someone later told me oh no they wasn't going to do a billboard packaging and stuff for you because you're dark and I went what? But then if I really look at it, if you really look at it, where do you see dark women? Mm. I mean, really. As dark as me. I'm pretty dark. I love it, though. I tell me you can't handle all this chocolate. What? <laughs> but it does cause me issues. Mm-hmm. 
That's yeah. just, just real yeah. life stuff. Yeah. We, we recognize, because I had the color complex too growing up, I recognize the skin that I'm in and I oftentimes recognize that my skin complexion is a pariah in America's eyes, that my skin is a sin. Mm-hmm. And I had to come to, to having that powerful self-awareness as we have, but also loving ourselves through that. And then tapping into the fact that, listen, some doors may be shut in our face, but no is new opportunity. Look at Fox couldn't deny you. Look at you got your own show. Look at you flowing and glowing. And doing your thing. Hey, <laughs> they word can't, up. They can't stop it. They can't no, they stop really your can't. shine, and you just turned up the brightness. They, they really can't. But it yeah. does. It does cause for you internally to yep. have the discussion with yourself, to no, understand, no. and to go beyond, and not allow people to hold you back or to make it make you stop. Mm. Because easily I could have said, oh, well, they didn't want me, so I don't want, I don't want to do nothing now. Right. Yeah. I'm like, they don't want me. Somebody do. Mm-hmm. Somebody on the planet is talking about me. That's right. And then I, I take it a step further. They're talking about how they can pay me. Come on. Big money. <laughs> I say it every day. <laughs> Somebody on the planet is saying, Dr. Sabrina Jackson, how can I get to her yep. and pay her big money? You said money flows to me easily and effortlessly. Easily. <laughs> I, I am a money man. That's come on now. That's I it. I love an affirmation. So yeah. you are, you know, when we advertised the show today, we had a clip. You're right. Yeah. We had a clip. Yeah. People love the clip. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Uh-oh. Somebody phone rang. Oh. Uh, no, this somebody calling. Oh, somebody calling. Can we talk to him? Yeah, hey. Hey, caller. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? No, not in this discussion. Riding around, I'm like, usually I try to catch y'all as soon as y'all come on. Wow. You know, I was a little slow today because I was trying to get coffee. I'm just going to be real. Ain't that terrible? Ain't, no, ain't nothing wrong with that. You, you got to be awake in order to deliver the news. <laughs> yes. So what's what's your name? My name is Corenzo. Corenzo Ragland. Well, hello, and welcome to Speaking Life with Dr. Sabrina and my guest, Dr. Eddie Connor. Do you know Dr. Connor? No, I do not. Well, you need to meet this brother. When I tell you this brother is the truth, he is out here kicking knowledge. He's got 14 books. He is a survivor of cancer, stage four cancer, and he had cancer at the early age of 15. And so now he's um, speaking and teaching all over the world. That's a that's a total blessing right there within itself. Yes, indeed, pleasure to connect with you, brother. Yes, definitely a pleasure. Well, are so you today? Oh, we're ahead. we're talking about we, right now. We were just talking about the the incident with the five gentlemen who um, killed the the young man in in Memphis. You know what? I was in Detroit all this weekend. I'm back home in Georgia now. And I was following that closely. Mm-hmm. That that's really um that's really a shame in so many different ways. How do we how do how do how do we how do we go into this? Well, <clears throat> um, us killing us is a real problem. But we're fitting itself in the streets, right? The ones that are protecting us. Now, a couple of things here. So what did they expedited this to for put these cops away, to put them in jail and take away their pension? This needs to be the blueprint, as the um, lawyer said. This needs to be the blueprint on how we treat all officers. Yes. Yes, I agree. I'm, I'm not defending them because they're black. You're Me here to either. serve and, You know, you're here to serve and protect. Because I hear a lot of people saying, well, uh, the white officers, this, this yes. and that happened to them. You know what? We got to start looking beyond color. We got to start looking at what's right. Right and wrong. Absolutely. 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 And that being said, this young man, I've seen some of the video. To me, it was very heartbreaking. It was. And very disturbing to see this man calling for his mama. This man is calling for his mama, and y'all are doing this to this man, and this man is less than a thousand feet away from his house. Wow. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was. A, he was. He was like three blocks away. He wasn't that far away. Wow. He was not that far away. He was. The man was. 
it re- it reminded me of when, when they happened to George Floyd. He yes. Calling for his mama, and it was so sad because, you know, as black men in this blue outfit, this blue suit, you chose to protect the gang rather than protect the community. Mm. That's a very, very bad mistake on their behalf. I want to thank you so much for calling in. It is the end of my show, so I got to go. But thank you. And you travel safe there in Georgia and and take care of yourself, okay? No doubt. I will catch you again. All righty. Take care. I want to thank my brother from another mother. My sister from another mister. Mr. Eddie Connor. Eddie, (laughs) you know we need to do what I said. We, we, We need to do it. We just need to build, do it. Build, build a man? What build, is it? No, it's build a mate. Build a mate. There it build is. Build a mate. Yeah. And so you know how you go and you build a bear? Right. That's the concept. But you're putting together the words, the attitudes, the things that you want to create. Because I believe that the things that you put together that you want to create, you first have to make sure you have them in you. Come on. So then you can draw that to you. So wouldn't that be powerful to have Dr. Eddie and I... Talking to the men and the women about building a mate. A dream uh-huh. team seminar. A dream team it. seminar. I love it. Where can <laughs> people find you? The revolution not only be televised, it'll be digitized. Connect with me, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We don't stop. At Eddie Connor Jr. Put some respect on my name. E-D-D-I-E-C-O-N-N-O-R-J-R. If you want to go to the next level, success and purpose, connect with me. Uh, go to the eaglesacademy.com. We have an incredible academy goals on with empowerment, with teaching, with training. You're just going to 10x your life. So the Eagles Academy. The Eagles Academy. He's doing great, great things. I am so excited to always be here with you every single Monday at 1130 a.m. where we're speaking life. And I am asking and praying that God uses my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so uh, speak good things to yourself about yourself all week. And I guarantee you, your week will go great if you just speak life to you. See you next week and have a great one. Thank you.